Hi, this is Shane Gibson, President of Knowledge Brokers International North America and author of Closing Bigger, The Field Guide to Closing Bigger Deals. And this is my Closing Bigger podcast. Closing Bigger came as a result of several of our clients approaching us requiring training, tools, and mentorship on elevating their status as deal closers to the Rainmaker level and beyond. The concept of Closing Bigger didn't come from a witty brainstorming session trying to concoct a new way to market old methodologies. It really came from a market need evolving. And that need was how do we take average salespeople, aspiring entrepreneurs, and help them learn the key competencies to make them great deal closers in large multi-million dollar transactions. Each podcast will have its own unique angle. Myself or my co-author, Trevor Green, will be focusing on a core competency or key attitude of the big deal closer. What will also occur is we'll have several big deal closers in international development, energy sector, corporate finance, consulting, and many other industries share their insights with you and us and stories as big deal closers. If you're listening to this program and would like to access more issues of this podcast, visit ClosingBigger.net. And for more information on our book, training program, and consulting services, visit ClosingBigger.com. Now for today's issue of the Closing Bigger podcast. This issue of the Big Deal Closers sales podcast is really focused on the importance of follow-through. I think that too many of us are good at making a first impression. In other words, we say the right things, we impress the client up front, we meet, meet them at a networking function, or we may make a first impression as a company with great advertising and great branding. But closing big deals, closing any deal in fact, but particularly closing big deals, is about having a long-term and disciplined focus on client relationship development. Interesting statistics I'd like to share with you here. This is actually put together by the Dry Goods Association in the U.S. And what, what they looked at was that if you were to call 100 competitors' clients once, you would convert only about 2% if these clients were relatively happy where they were at and you had a similar service. On the second caller contact, you converted 3%. On the third, you converted 4%. On the fourth call, you converted 10%. And on the fifth call and onward is where 81% of all conversion business happens. Now what's interesting is the average salesperson quits after the first lukewarm reception or half-hearted no. The client may not say, no, never come to my office again. What they'll probably say is something like, not at this time, or we've presently got a supplier we're happy with, or check back with me in 90 days when I know what my budget is. A lot of people hear this as a no or an evasion tactic. It probably is. 48% of salespeople will quit at this point. Only 12% of salespeople actually make that third contact and keep going. And that 12% earns 80% of commissional incomes in multiple industries in the United States. So why I share this with you is as a big deal closer, in any, in any environment, as any closer, you need the ability to follow through and the discipline of follow through. Yet what I've found is that a lot of big deal closers don't really talk about principles much different than average salespeople. They'll talk about the importance of building relationships. They'll talk about the importance of follow-through. They'll talk about the importance of asking the right questions. 
they'll talk about the importance of timing. But the difference between an average salespeople or average salespeople, excuse me, and big deal closers is big deal closers are absolutely disciplined. I would even say they're obsessed with the details of relationship development. They're obsessed with the details of follow through. They're obsessed with and passionate about relationship development and keeping the commitments that they've made to key clients and prospects. So part of this, one of the questions that I often get is, okay, yeah, I know it's important, Shane, to follow through. I've got this large client. I've already got a proposal sitting in their desk, or maybe I filled out an RFP, or perhaps they've got some glossy brochures of mine. They've seen one of our presentations, and now we're in a holding pattern. Maybe there's 60 days here where they've asked us to leave them alone while they figure out their budgets, write their business plan, and come back to us with an answer. Most people wanting to be polite uh, will then give the client 60 days. During that period, three of our competitors have called them. Four or five other issues have gained precedence over our solution. And now we're somewhere on the back burner or the bottom of the pile of proposals. What I propose and what I've seen work with big deal closers is even during these gaps, what I call dead air in the sales process. And dead air is one of the top 10 things that will kill the deal is allowing that client to go away and forget about us is have reasons for contact. So I suggest having a frequency toolkit. This is a list of, of mediums we can utilize beyond the phone and just email to really maintain contact with key clients. So this, this will include, number one, brainstorm all the possible reason in that 60 days you call a client. Whether it's confirm something, get more input, uh, ask for advice, get directions, you name it, Make sure you've brainstormed all the key reasons for calling this, calling this client. It may be that in that 60 days, they've put out a couple of press releases uh, on some exciting news for their business. You call them up and congratulate them. Email. Email is a great tool as long as it's not misused. So find ways to forward interesting articles, ask questions, or just keep in touch in general. You may let them know about a VIP function you're having, but utilize e email as another frequency tool. Faxes are even a great tool to utilize. I find they're often underutilized. It's almost archaic. For me, when my fax rings nowadays, I almost stand in front of it because there's a level of nostalgia. A lot of people don't get faxes anymore. And so if you can't get through on the phone or email or you felt you've lost mind share with the client, start utilizing mediums that aren't traditionally used, like faxes. Also, if you've got how-tos and, and newsletters that you put out, make sure during that period of time that you send the odd one to the client as well. VIP functions are also a great excuse to get together with the client. So find ways on a regular basis, I'd suggest even quarterly, where you can pull together some of your bigger satisfied clients as well as some of your great prospects in sort of a less business environment. If I'm across the street from a key client, even if we're in the middle of a bid and I know there's 30 days before it's closed, I may even pick up the phone and call them and see if they wanted to meet for a 5 or 10 minute coffee or even suggest that I bring one up to them. Gifts as well, and I would consider these ethical gifts. Uh, and what I mean by ethical gift is it's something that obviously isn't so extravagant that it, we're buying the client, but something as a novelty or a thoughtful gift, such as a book uh, or a ticket to a function, and even calls from your team. So maybe as a big deal closer, you've already done all the talking you can with some of these executives, but you may have some technical staff on your team, let's say if you're an IT company, call some of their team to make confirmations and communicate and make sure they understand the proposal, let's say. And you may even have your CEO, if it's a large enough client, 
or a senior executive on your team, pick up the phone and talk to one of their senior executives about more of the, the global view of what's going on. The key factor here is infrequency, I believe, is to vary the mediums you use in contacting key accounts, but also make sure that you're not harassing them. In other words, I don't believe you should pick up the phone, write an email, a fax, a newsletter, or show up at somebody's office unless you truly have found a way to add value, either business value or personal value to their day that day. But again, a lot of people ask how to become above average or how to become an exceptional salesperson. Just do more than the average is my answer. And so it's not rocket science. It's really just picking up the phone and being disciplined that even when the going gets tough or not getting that great reception is to continue on with that contact with our qualified prospects. And remember that in most cases, the majority of conversion will happen on the fifth call and onward. And that's Shane Gibson's sales podcast for January 31st, 2006.